Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome back to another edition of beyond the business heard here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning and simulcast on iheart radio or you may be listening to us via podcast on this wonderful thanksgiving weekend uh simply if you have not uh been able to hear one of our shows go to our webcast at co- or website at coastalwm.com. Simply click on the radio icon and you can hear all of our podcasts for the last five years about great stories of entrepreneurship and leadership from around the low country. I'm one of your hosts here this morning, Eric Cox with Mr. Byron Stahl. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be back. How was your Thanksgiving? It was wonderful. Uh, all of us are hungover with turkey. Yeah. And uh, loads just, of leftovers. A, a great uh, time, in my opinion, to be in the low country. It's just a lot of festivities that are going on and uh, a great time of the year. It's hard to believe, though, that 2019 is about to wrap up. Yeah, I know. Carolina and Clemson is today. It's uh, It's crazy. A lot of cool football games on today. But, uh, you know, here we are in uh, the tip of December, and we're about to wrap up our fifth season of Beyond the Business. Hard to believe. I never thought we'd be doing this show that long, but thanks to our listeners, we are. And we'll be kicking off uh, January for our sixth season. And um, great news is that we'll be kicking that off with another or a new sponsor, and that is the School of Business over at the College of Charleston. We'll jump into this with us and be our title sponsor and have some really cool things that we'll announce early next year that they are bringing to the table. So we're excited about another season. Hopefully you are to our listeners, and I know week in and week out that Charleston continues to deliver great leaders and entrepreneurs with amazing stories and testament to what it's like to be in that entrepreneurial ditch getting it done. So we're excited, um, fired up. I'm not on a turkey hangover. I am good, ready to roll. Oh, you're good now. I'm good. Yeah, I'm all good now. So, uh, Just get thinking about the show, man. Gets me fired up. You know, time to be thankful. What I'm thankful for is the fact that every week we have people come in here and tell their story, that they're transparent, um, no different than Elisa and her, her message last week, that they open up and they share with our listeners what real life is like, not just as an entrepreneur, but real life, right? The ups and the downs and the twists and the turns and how we navigate them. Because, and quite frankly, it's funny, you're in social media, you know, and I think of social media, it's like you see all this stuff and it doesn't feel like real life a lot of times. But in this show, we're sharing real life, and I really appreciate that. And I'm thankful for guests like you, Elisa, that come and share that. So, Thank you so much. I agree. Authenticity is sometimes hard to come by, especially in the world of social media. You see a picture, and it isn't always what's happening underneath. So I appreciate the opportunity to tell the truth. Well, we're glad you came back. Usually Byron runs people off. So. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for showing they back They say up. I've got Thanks the face for, for nice. radio. That, so. you, you absolutely do. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, we're excited to kind of kick in. Last week you were talking about your upbringing and you know going through college at Clemson and working for companies but your story uh, had a strong message in my opinion because you um, were actually uh, relieved I think is the, ter- the terminology you used right from your first job but uh, before we dive into that Byron let's share a nugget or two that you uh, maybe took away from her story 
Yeah, that's, that's going to be hard. I mean, Elisa really shared a, a tremendous story, so please go back and listen to it and with a lot of great nuggets. And, you know, uh, one of them that I thought was you know pretty great, you know, a lot of people talk about what's the secret sauce to success and, you know, looking at how she went from one day being fired and being told that she's awful at sales, essentially, to being the number one person in sales at her next gig. And the common theme throughout that was, that she kept on mentioning was urgency realizing that she had to make it work and a lot of times just that human spirit of realizing i have to make this work if you believe in yourself can create success in of itself well you know for me it certainly was a part of what you're talking about byron but that you you made a statement elisa that was the qual really to me it was about the quality of life while you're managing um a, a demanding job being a mother of two young kids um, certainly, I know there's a lot of people listening to this show that, that are going through that moment, right? And for you, you had belief in yourself um, that when the time presented, it just happened to be a moment that wasn't super positive with, with your former employer and that you felt like it was unjust. And so that all came together for you to be able to take that leap of faith without having anything lined up. So um, for those of us that were listening last week, we're pretty excited to hear about, hey, okay, what happened next after you walk in and say, I'm done. It's Monday morning. I quit. And now I'm out of a job. As the breadwinner of your family, by the way. So pick it up from there if you don't mind. When I resigned from my <clears throat> the last job I ever had, as I talk about, the last, per, the last job where I had to really report to someone, they were surprised. And because I had been the new business leader in the company, for a long time, they were shocked. And my what I thought would happen was they would tell me to leave right away because if you are if you quit and you don't know what you're doing, you know, at the time we had non-competes and uh, I didn't have another job lined up. I was looking back again, everything divinely happens how it's supposed to. They asked me to work a four-week notice, which I said no to. Uh, I worked a two-week notice at the time, I had so many huge projects that I had been working on for years, and luckily, um, or not luckily, I don't. It depends on whose side you're on. They didn't have anyone to manage it, and so they hired me as a contractor to take that work and manage it. So in the end, I ultimately did get paid what I should have gotten paid for the work that I had done. They actually had to pay more for it. Um, and so it's a, it was a really interesting transition from leaving the company to working as a contractor for them so that I could get the compensation that I deserved and had earned. And that started my first business, which was a consulting company. And anybody that's been in media and, I, and anyone that's listening that's been in media, if you leave, the first thing you do is you become a consultant, <laughs> right? And, you know, if you can't do anything else, you can certainly consult. Not saying that if you're a consultant, you can't do anything else. Um, but that's kind of what I fell into. And I realized I have the ability to develop business. I have good ideas. I can collaborate and bring people together. And I can do this on my own. And so for the first five years after I left, that's exactly what I was doing. I was working with brands and businesses and consulting and helping them do traditional media work. So I had an advertising agency. I had had no business having an advertising agency. I had a lot of ego. I knew that I could develop the business. What I learned early on, and 
And what kind of took me to the place where I started Ballyhoo was I like developing business, creating ideas, and helping businesses be successful. I don't want to be the person underneath the hood doing the work. I would rather have a team of people doing that. I'm not the best person to do it. Um, When you're a consultant and a sole proprietor, that's one side, but that really wasn't what I was good at. And I, that, you know, you come to that over time. So obviously you, you, you found and started Ballyhoo Social. Um, that came over time of evolution of the job roles and all this stuff, right? So back to a question that we talk a lot about on this show is entrepreneurship, nature or nurture, right? Are you born with that seed and you're just an entrepreneur at heart? Or do you believe some folks can develop the skill sets and the mentality over time? I don't think I was born an entrepreneur. I think that I have certain personality traits and qualities that make it easier for me to be an entrepreneur. Those are, I have an extremely high risk tolerance. I think no is always a, a, a way to get to yes. So people that say no, and that doesn't bother me. Uh, I'm patient to a point. I'm assertive. I'm a very hard worker. So I think that, um, and I have a belief that no matter what, it's going to be okay and that I'll be successful. Just inside, I know that. So I don't allow the ups and downs to get to me. That doesn't mean the ups and downs don't get to me because entrepreneurship certainly is a roller coaster ride. Uh, but I also think that you have to believe in yourself and what you're doing and you have to be flexible. And I'm incredibly flexible. Uh, I don't have a plan and have to stick to it. So if things are not working, we have to kind of work the plan, not make the plan work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have those qualities. I, I wasn't born an entrepreneur. I don't that, think. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So you had your consulting business for a few years. Walk us through the formational change. How did Ballyhoo form from that? Or did you end up selling this business and start Ballyhoo entirely independent? So I had a good number of clients with my consulting business, and I actually had that for eight years. And there was an overlap between that and Ballyhoo. And I was traveling for the consulting business, and I was at the Tampa airport and sitting beside a college student. And she was on her computer, and I was being nosy. I looked over, and I saw something I had never seen before. And I said to her, what, what is it that you're doing? And she said, I'm looking for a date. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, this is Facebook. And this is how I connect with people. And I'm looking for a guy to go out with. And I said, tell me more about, I said, I know this is intrusive, <laughs> but tell me, like, tell me, what yeah. are you, like, tell me what you're doing. So that was when Facebook only allowed .edu. So only college students could be on it. So a lot of people hadn't, you know, my age hadn't seen it. And I was fascinated by how she connected and what was going on with it. And so I started researching it. And they had just made, you know, within three months, the announcement that they were going to allow everyone to get on Facebook, not just college students. And I remember looking at it thinking, what an incredible way to connect people, communicate with people. That's interesting. And I bet with the way that I'm consulting clients, this is a different way to get their message out. And if they can be one of the first to do that, that's incredible. So I remember just thinking this will be something. And, you know, thank God for that girl. I really hope 
who I don't remember your name. <laughs> I really hope that it all worked out for you. Um, I, I just knew that it would be fantastic. And so I started Ballyhoo with the intention of really creating digital content in a different way. Blogs, written blogs were huge back then. So I hired an employee and that employee was responsible for content writing. I had clients that I worked with on the consulting side that were really interested in getting this service. So they were really open-minded to it. But, you know, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, you had to explain to people what Facebook was. And you know, what's ironic is that there are still times today where you know, people know what Facebook is, people know what social media is, but there is absolutely a disconnect between the opportunity and what it can and can't do. So it, you know, it's really interesting where you're constantly still explaining. And by the way, in case you're wondering who's telling this story, it's that of Elisa Knopfel, who's the founder and president of Ballyhoo Social. And certainly, uh, Lisa, your evolution of your business and timing with what was going on in the world with social media uh, was was really perfect timing, right? Um, talk about some of the early struggles, though. Obviously, you enter this field or this side of it with a lot of confidence and you, you, you had belief in yourself, but like any entrepreneur, there's always ups and downs. There's so many things I did wrong. Um, and, and I look back now and I think if I knew then what I knew now, would I have done it? And the answer would be absolutely not because I there's so much I didn't know. Um. I hired the wrong people. I was not a good leader. I didn't do a good job communicating our business goals and objectives. And you know, there's a saying that you become like the five people you surround yourself with the most. And I was not discerning and surrounding myself early on with the right people to help support me. That being said, if I had surrounded myself with the right people at that time and in my, in my mindset of I will be successful, I will make this work, I probably wouldn't have listened to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had so much, it, it's like squeezing the bird. I had so much desire to be successful because I was responsible for the financial success of my family that I, I didn't take the time to do some of the things I probably should have done. I just was a bull in the china shop. And so I hired the wrong people. I attracted the wrong people. Um, Early on in the business, I was married at the time I brought my husband into the business with me. So I had owned it for a year and he came in. He's technically brilliant. And he created a mechanism and a software for us to run the business. And working on a day-to-day basis with your significant other or partner can be fantastic or it cannot and in our case it was not it, well just so you know honey it is wonderful for me i just had to put that out there so my <laughs> wife knows how much i enjoy that sorry that's, to interrupt that's fantastic <laughs> i'm happy and you know a lot of people make it work we it exacerbated what was already wrong in our relationship and that was very very difficult so then it became all we talked about was the company and not really other underlying issues that we had, you know, in our, in our relationship, and there were many. And, um, and then you put on top of that having children, you know, t- you know, my kids are growing up and kind of that evolution. And so there's so many things I did wrong uh, in the beginning and, you know, continue to make mistakes. I feel like I make less of them now um, just because I've made so many mistakes. But hiring the wrong people, not being clear, not being strategic, 
not having good business boundaries. You know, it's not always a good idea to bring someone in just because they're willing to help you. Um, not asking the right questions when you hire consultants and vendors. Um, spending money on things that you don't necessarily need to spend money on. Um, you know, the discerning eye. You know, and then also on top of it, you're running a business, but you also have all of these compliance issues, right? So it's not just operating the business in which you're in. It's all of the other things that paying the taxes that whenever you bring on employees, all of the financial paperwork associated with that, the accounting, all of these and and ands that come along with owning a business. You know, it's there's a lot there's a lot to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, we have a lot of listeners who are entrepreneurs and you mentioned, you know, hiring the wrong people is one of the issues. And a lot of people say that the hardest part of their business is people hiring people. So how did you learn from those mistakes? What are some of the mistakes you learned from the hiring process and how do you hire people now? I think to be completely fair, it's not always that we hire the wrong people. Sometimes we're not the right people. And and I was not the right. I wasn't the, I wasn't this inspirational, amazing leader who was attracting the best talent and I was not easy to work for at all. Uh, So I think that we attract what we are. And so that's one issue. So I don't, I never want to be the type of person, especially, you know, now moving forward that says it's all the employees fault because it certainly isn't. It's, it was all my fault and not doing hiring the right people. I think that um, where I've gotten to now is I have an incredible group of people. Really, we, we have and attract the best people, and we're very protective of that group, culture. I only have women that work in my company, and a lot of people kind of look at me and say, how do you make that work? But what I found is that when you're really clear about roles and responsibilities, if you are transparent about who you are as a leader, your deficiencies and your strengths, and you... And frankly, I have a company that I work with. It's actually a local company that does a test called the Predictive Index, which tests people's personality traits and then also gives a profile of where the company is so that not only as a company we can look and see where we're deficient, but it helps us, based on specific roles, ensure that the person that we're interviewing initially, number one, we're not wasting our time interviewing them, but that they will fit in with the culture of the company and they have the ability and the interest to do the job. And so there are a lot of tools out there that you can use to kind of pre-screen people because, you know, the resume, you can only go as far as the resume and that, you know, you need some extra tools to do that. That's made a tremendous difference in our hiring process. Uh, but also I think that it's being very transparent about your business goals with your staff because it's one thing to hire people it's another thing to retain them it's another thing to train them up so that they either grow evolve and go on to something new I I think as a leader now and as a business owner now I want everybody that works for me to feel like it's the best place to work they want to come to work and if they don't then let me help you find something else that works for you and if it's not here there's something else, but don't stay if it's not a good fit. And we talk a lot about that. I want everyone to be happy. I want people to really like their job. I want them to be proud to work, you know, with me. I don't really say for me, but with me because we're really all in it. I mean, it's not a cliche. We're really all in it. Um, but I, but 
I still get back to the point that you, as a leader and an entrepreneur, you've got to be the right person. You have to have the ability to communicate good and bad, positive and negative. Uh, and you have to be very, very clear and lead. And that means setting goals, being clear about people's roles and responsibilities, holding them accountable, having uncomfortable conversations, and then praising people when they deserve it. And I, I think that if you can do those things as a leader, you begin to attract the right people. And it sounds like along the way in your journey, uh, starting a business in 2009, you talked about mistakes you made early in this, but it sounds like somewhere along the way there was this turning point. And, or maybe it was a, a tide that rose over time. Um, my question really is about, were there outside influences that helped you with it? Did you lean on mentors, groups, the community, whether it was in Tampa or here in Charleston, that you could go to for wise counsel and decision-making? Yes. I think that that's the other thing, is that I was getting counseling, I think, in the beginning from people who did not have my highest good. They weren't looking out for my highest good. And and so that's a really difficult thing when you think that the people that are closest to you are there to help you, and they're really not. So that was a very humbling experience, incredibly humbling. But then I... I slowly stayed open to the fact that I needed help. I, I needed help kind of running my business, but also in other areas. And I my first, I hired an executive coach. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I needed one. Her name is Lauren Beller, and she was my first coach, and it was transformational. It changed the way that I look at everything. It changed what I read. It changed how I looked at things. It gave me a framework to have a different perspective. And I've had five business coaches since that time because you I, you really I don't you do not grow them we're all still very good friends but they provide different, different skill sets yeah. as you evolve and so Lauren was really a huge influence on helping me see things completely differently and she opened the door to you don't have to be this kind of boss who's a jerk or you don't have to be so rigid in how you try and get things done. And it was just, it really opened my eyes. And so I've had so many mentors. Uh, I was part of a Vistage group in Charleston. Um, Kirk McMillan is an incredible person who really um, is not only kind, but incredibly smart and brings people together and really gives a different perspective on how to lead and grow. So he's a tremendous person. And I've had a lot of mentors personally who have said, here's some areas where we see an opportunity for you to be your best self, because that's really where I am in my life. Like, if I can't be the best person that I can be, I know that's corny. Uh, I'm just not interested in it. Like, I, I really do want to love what I do and be happy and feel like I'm a good person at the end of the day and actually be a good person. I don't want to just feel like it. And I've got some really incredible mentors, but I've had a lot. I really have. And people have put their arm around me and really helped me. So walk us through the vision now for Ballyhoo Social. What is the next step for your for your enterprise? So we're in a tremendous growth period right now. So my hope is that in the next four years, as social media continues to change, I mean, it's it, it, is, it changes every day, but it, the cha exponential change that we've had to deal with in the 10 years truly that we've been operating the business is incredible. Uh, my business goal is for us to, we're in a big expansion mode right now. So we're growing. We just hired a business development 
director to really get the sales portion of our business off the ground. It's always been my responsibility and I'm stepping away from that. Uh, The other part is that I I really do want to come up with some sort of mechanism to train and support more people in our industry. You know, there's not really a big beacon for social media other than people who are kind of touting their their own agenda. I really think that this is an industry now where we need more support and help because it's so new. And so as we grow and develop, one of the things that we're working on is really creating sort of an industry-wide resource because we don't get it from the platforms. You can't pick up the phone and call Facebook or Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, or any of the platforms and really get support. So we have to find it on our own, and I feel like our industry really needs that. So that's really my goal from a kind of business perspective is to do more of that. And in the spirit of Leslie not being here, which I really wish she was, she would she would uh, uh, ask some amazing questions that Byron and I just aren't capable of asking, right? So, But she loves to do this thing called the lightning round. So we're just going to ask you a couple quick questions. Okay. First thing comes to your mind, just blurt it out if that's all right. So first one is uh, name or, or tell us what you are most proud of. And, of course, we know it's your children first and foremost. You can't say that. So secondly, what would you say are you most proud of in your life? I'm proud of my resilience. Okay. Next is whom do you most admire? Oh, my daughter and my son. And then I love this question because it is your world. What is your favorite and most impactful social media tool? I love Instagram. Cool to hear that. And then uh, give us a book. You talked about going through executive coaching, maybe a book that's been instrumental in your life. I love uh, Ray Dalio's Principles. It's fantastic. I like Brene Brown's perspective on leadership. Uh, I love Good to Great. Jim Collins is great. Yeah, it's amazing. But I also like, there's so many books. I mean, there's so many wonderful things to read from a business perspective. And last but not least, what is something that's really high up, Elisa, on your bucket list? I want to see every continent. Before awesome. I'm 55. So and how I, many have knocked out at this point? Not many. So we got ways to go. Well, we look <laughs> forward to having you to back <laughs> telling us about your journey around the world. Elisa Knopfel, again, founder and president of Ballyhoo Social. Thank you so much for your generosity with your time and your story. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And Byron, it's another wrap. Great show here on Beyond the Business, heard on 94.3 WSC. And until next Saturday morning, Low Country, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.